This is the Airhorn Podcast. Gonna slow down and talk about going fast. It's another mountain biking podcast. And we sometimes answer questions you have. Listen at one and a quarter speed. You can listen in any order you please. It might be the worst. It could be the best. Sometimes it's just me. Sometimes there's a guest. It's the Airhorn. Airhorn Podcast. And welcome to the Airhorn Podcast with my co-hosts tonight, Mark Hill. You, you, you. <laughs> <laughs> you hey, went with man. the rock version. I love it. I did. Uh, we got votes. We had votes on Instagram and everybody loved the rock version, although a lot of people did love the country version too. Uh, I, I just want to make it clear we weren't voting to get rid of one and keep the other one. We were just voting for what's going to be on tonight <laughs> so uh i'm gonna keep both of them i know we there's also like we had like a talking heads version of the raw vlog do you remember the uh, you remember the raw vlog songs mm -hmm. yeah anyway so we're gonna we're gonna do more of those uh welcome everybody who's here uh to give me a what's up what's up steven nelson in the chat it's good to see you um and he says he's he's uh it's good to see you too you can see the chat right uh yeah Mark? There he okay, goes. Cool. There he goes. Hey, hey, Steven. Okay. Hey. Um, so we're going to be getting to our main subject matter today, but it is an Airhorn podcast, so we do have some segments. Uh, a quick introduction, if you don't already know, Mark Hill. Uh, Mark Hill is uh, has a YouTube channel called The Segment, and um, the segment is... Uh, actually, Mark, what is the segment? Give us your elevator pitch. Yeah, so the segment is a channel that's just to motivate and inspire folks that are watching it. Um, but I've actually expanded that to different segments within your life. That's cool. That's really, really cool. Um, so Mark's here to just kind of like help me out. We, I brought Mark back on to the podcast because we had a really good time on the last one. And I feel like... We have a lot of similar approaches to to like talking about life. I think we have similar approaches to life and also similar approaches to talking about life. So it's really nice to um, um, have you back on. Thanks for coming back on and taking the yeah. time for this. I know it eats up an hour of your day. Oh, I, I love it. I'm so excited to be back on the show. Thanks for having me. And Not I see all, all these folks over here. Vegas Mike, case study. What's going on, you guys? You. You. Oh, and Vegas Mike. There, there we go. What's up, What's up Vegas Mike? Um, let's jump into a couple of our show segments. So a little bit of news. Uh, I don't know if anybody's following the UCI DH. All of us in here in America couldn't watch any of the world champs. The freaking world champs, and we couldn't watch any of it because uh, they were. it was like uh, gated to like other parts of the world. Um, I think it's now available on Red Bull finally, but like a lot of us had to wait. I was super bummed about that. Uh, if you are not into racing, it's fine. You should still go and try and watch that race because the the UCI DH like series has been moved so far back in the year that they're having to ride yeah. <laughs> in like terrible weather. It's like yeah. they're having to like deal with snow and it's it's just a wild ride. And if you don't want to watch the whole race, the Vital MTB Raws, like it's just, wow, it's just great to see. Yeah. 
But anyway, that's just kind of general news. Mark, uh, what do you got going on your channel this week? So got a got an episode coming out that's uh, or actually just came out that was all about um, was all about trying to be another PR and then learning a new trail. So um, what I, trail? It was called it's uh, TMBDH. DH, damn. Yeah, I yeah. know. You'll see it in the video. I kind of went up like a little kid, like, I don't want to go here. I don't want to go here. <laughs> and then when I got to the bottom, I felt like a man. I was like, yeah, I'm still alive. <laughs> That's great. Dude, the, the, when you when you go to enter, it's kind of scary, right? Like, Oh, my gosh. Like, not even before, before you're even on the trail, right? Like, it's yeah. all like, yeah, it's like, yeah. MBDH. That that the two rock garden step down entrance there mm -hmm. that I walked it the first time and I'm like there is no way. <laughs> Did you get it the second time? Well, I I, I made the first rock first. garden, the second rock mm -hmm. garden. My my crank hit the hit the rocks and I was literally mm -hmm. teeter tottering there. So. Oh, don't yeah. you got to wait yeah. to see the episode to find oh, yeah. out what happens? Yep. He was yeah, teeter tottering. Oh, say anymore. That's great. Uh, and, uh, for me, I don't really have, um, the, I don't, I'm not really sure what's going on this, this week for my videos. Cause, uh, I've got stuff that I'm working on, but there, it's going to take a little bit of a little while. I think we're going to be back in the demo lab and those stop motion things take a little bit of time. So, um, that one's probably another week out, maybe a week or two out, but, um, it might just be an old fashioned had a rad day on the bike POV footage uh, video without like without too much else going on. I haven't done one of those in a long time, so we might go we might go OG on that. Yeah, M one Mars. Go ahead, Ellen. I, I was gonna you, I was gonna say real quick. M one Mars told us he saw it on the Olympic Channel. Oh dang, nice. nice. That was uh, was that the one in Leo Gang? Leo yeah. Gang, yeah. Yeah, um, I think they're but, in Maribor now. Yeah, anyways, you're saying? Oh, just going back to the last episode, you said, I don't know how I'm going to finish this jump set, this jump episode. I think I'm going to have some cardboard cutouts. And then we saw the video, and it was the stop motion stuff on the fridge. That was awesome. Uh -huh. <laughs> that was Thanks, dude. Awesome. Was that hard to do? Does that take a long time? I'm assuming it does. It takes time. Yeah. Like, uh, it's kind of weird because I don't, I'm not a very good planner. Um, and with something like stop motion, you, you kind of have to know what you're doing before you go into it. And so like, I, I actually gave it to my buddy who helped me like pick, uh, Katie helped me pick like some of my materials and stuff. Cause I wasn't really sure what to get. And so my first bike, I like made my first bike. Um, and it was like this big, it was like oh. so small. <laughs> so I had to like, I was like, and I like finished it and I was like, put it on the fridge and I was like, oh my God, it's tiny. Uh, <laughs> but I had to like totally remake it. And I was like, oh, actually what I need to do is I need to, I need to measure out the jump. Cause I need to know, like I wanted the jump proportions to be pretty accurate, uh -huh. you know? So, you know, the landing would be like a, you know, a more like maybe two bike lengths. And then the table was like two bike lengths. And then I wanted the landing to be like four bike lengths. So that meant I needed to actually make the jump first and then measure the bike to the, to the uh, jump. So if you if you haven't watched that video, or if you, even if you have, if you go back and watch it, and you like stop the frames, you'll see that the bike is actually kind of in proportion. So I wanted it to look uh, relatively good. So wow. that that took a while, like having to redo that a couple of times. And then of course, just doing the stop motion, you know, takes takes some time. So was that really done on the on the refrigerator, Alan? Or yeah. was that on a on a flat yeah. whiteboard? No. That was actually you put magnets on everything. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, 
Yeah, you I guys found know the- that. <laughs> yeah, I it actually uh, straight up it made it easier um, because you know if if you like have it just sitting there and you're like, oh, this is hard and everything <laughs> just goes like flying everywhere. So like the magnets actually made it a little bit easier and also like I didn't have to. I, I've done that before where I had stuff like facing down and you have to make a whole camera rig and then you're like bent over a table for oh. eight hours. And so the fridge actually worked out uh, nicer. So I, I kind of, it looked like I was, it, it, it was a creative solution for a limitation, which ended that's, up making things easier. That's pretty cool. Cause the last thing you'd want is like a cat or a dog to come run by and knock mm. everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Plus I had cold snacks right there. Right. <laughs> uh, we got a, a message here from Case Study. He says, I wanted to thank you, Mark, for the 20-year, 10-year, et cetera, journaling idea from mm. your first airborne uh, airhorn appearance. It's been a welcome addition to my weekly routine. That's oh, really cool. That's really cool. That's Check awesome. you out. Check you out, Mark, having yeah. a positive effect. Yes. That's cool. Yes. And good for you, Case Study. That's that's really cool. Journaling. journaling and, and structured journaling, too, not just journaling. Um. So that's it for news, yeah? We don't have any more news. Um, Mark. Stoke of the, of the week. week. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's your stoke for the week? So this week I got to, I found a guy on Instagram. Another one of those stories that goes off real good. I found the guy. First I met a guy, <laughs> then I found a guy. <laughs> but this, this guy is named Anthony Sanchez. He goes by the handle Keto Sanchito. And I was lucky enough to get him on on, on my uh, podcast broadcast. And it's just because he used to be 300 pounds a year ago. And he started mountain biking, changing his diet. And he's mm. now, um, where is he? He's at 210. And um, I was just so stoked on the whole story. He drives ambulances on the graveyard shift. So, you know, at night when you're out there and you're running these calls, Everything's closed, but fast food is open. So it was even extra difficult for this guy to get the right nutrients and food. And when you come back in the daytime, when we're all out on the trails exercising, he's got to get some sleep. Mm-hmm. So um, I was just really stoked to hear his story and um, hear what he had to say. Um, yeah, there he is right there. And it was literally the wake-up call for him was literally a, a doctor's appointment was the first thing. Um the second thing was he, he want I mean, for everybody, it's different. He wanted a pair of shorts and the biggest shorts that they made of the shorts that he likes was 30, was a waist 38 and he was a 48. So, oh wow. It, yeah. It was kind of like setting a goal. You know, he, he bought the shorts, the 38s, they were way too small. He pinned them up so he could see them every single day. And, uh, as he was going through this transformation process, he'd periodically try them on and that would spark him and motivate That's him cool. to Don't go t- harder. Don't yeah. tell us too much, Mark. Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we want them to go. And, and, yes. Yeah. yeah. A lot of good content there. Um, but yeah, man, that was definitely my stoke of the week. That's, uh, That's was cool. cool to highlight somebody like that. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, how, about, how about you, Alan? Oh, for me, it was the 10K subs, like hitting 10K. It was so cool. Congratulations. Really but I want to say, I've said this a number of times, like, I didn't, all I did was make content, uh, everybody uh, subscribing and, and 
not unsubscribing <laughs> is like what got us what got us it, it really did get us to 10k um uh i often talk i often say like us i talk about this thing as like us and we because that's kind of how i look at it um so whenever whenever i see that number get up i don't really i don't really think about like i've got to 10k i always think about like we we together have gotten to 10k because i need it was 10,000 plus people who got us there. So yeah, That's thanks so everybody. Cool. That was pretty cool. Wow, 10,000. That's amazing. Steven would like to share his stoke of the week, which is, and I haven't read this first, so I'm just reading it. It might be something terrible, but okay. <laughs> I went riding last week at Santa's Village. It was my first ride after being cleared by the doctor to get back on the bike after breaking my arm. Went great. Heck Ooh, yeah. Dang. That is rad. Love that it. is such a great place. Um, that was actually the first like park I went to. Um, after I broke my wrist and I, I got to tell you, I, I had a new appreciation for sleigh ride for sure. You could feel it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's our stoke of the week. Do so let's jump into, you know, just kind of, you know, I, it's just, we've been thinking recently about lots of stuff. I think the 10 K subscribers has had me like kind of revisiting my life as a mountain biker, I was looking back at my old Strava. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever done this. If you're on Strava, go to Strava, go to your training, and then go to your activities. And then within there, you can sort your activities by date. So you can see your very first oh. Strava ride. Oh. And uh, somebody at, the reason I did this is somebody had asked me in the 10K AMA, they asked me anything they asked me what was your first trail and my first trail was actually it's like not even i was telling them it's like not even a trail it's like there's like a the redlands airport is is, is kind of close to me so i'm here in redlands and i it was like a short little ride with an elevation gain of like what 400 feet like the whole time you know, and a lot of it was on the road. It wasn't even a trail. Anyway, I got me back looking at that and it just kind of really gave me a whole bunch of perspective. But then while I was back there looking at it, I noticed that I started riding in June of 2016. And by five months later, <laughs> in November of 2016, I did my first enduro race i did the socal enduro race at vale lake oh my god uh, and um stage one <clears throat> um took me nine minutes and 51 seconds <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know uh i know that that's a really not it's a really terrible time but thing is so i was in the i just want to make it clear that i was in the hardtail class um of of that so i was just going up against a small number about 10 other people who were on hardtails so i did the first run i i was still on i think it's called tippy top enduro i was still on that portion which is like 0.06 miles or something like that and i very quickly went over the bars Oof. over the bars on the like there, i think it's the, the like after the first little bit you know like if you know the veil lake uh in, in like tippy top enduro there's like a kind of it's not very downhill it's like pretty level and there's just like a bunch of chunky rocks 
and I saw a bunch of people sessioning that. So I went up there and I like kind of checked it out. I was on a 29er hardtail and I was like, okay, cool. I can survive this. I, I could like barely make it through. Okay, cool. I didn't think about anything else. So like <laughs> three, two, one, go. So like, no, okay. And then I made it through. I was like, okay, I made it through. But then there was the rest of the trail. And very shortly after that, if you know, it starts to get a little bit steeper and stays chunky and very quickly was over the bars, Oof. over the bars. And just like people, the whole bunch of people were there. Oh. And at that point, I could have just been like, there goes the run. Like, why even try? Right. Like, it's this is over. Like, this run is done. I, I like I crashed. But I know I was just so stoked to be racing. I like kept a good attitude grabbed my bike, made sure, like, I didn't even, I don't even think I made sure of anything. I just got on the bike and like kept going. <laughs> Did anybody see made that? It Hopefully nobody saw that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no. People definitely saw it. There was the whole, oh. people, I crashed where everybody was. That's how you oh, know. Like if you do a gosh. race and there's a bunch of people standing there, you know, that's where people crash. Oh. So I crashed right there, kept going, um, somehow made it around the corner and then crashed again. Dang. But then again, got back on the bike as quick as I could. And then just went even harder the rest of the way. You know, and, and, and the day kind of went on like that. I didn't crash anymore, but I just tried to keep a really good attitude the rest of the day. And at the end of the day, I ended up podiuming. Um, I ended up getting third place. Uh, even with that crash, I ended up getting a pretty decent spot, even on, on stage one. Wow. Um, but, you know, I, there was still other stages and I just went really hard on the other stages and tried to stay, stay smooth. And a lot of my nerves were kind of worked out, but like, you know, I could have given up. I could have been like, whatever, you know, and just like, you know, said, forget it. But then that, and that really kind of got me thinking about that thing about like, when is it, when's it too late? And, and is, is it ever too late? Um, but I don't know if you've ever had, like, if you've had experiences like that too. Yeah, the, the, I, you know, definitely there's a mindset, right? So it's those moments where you feel like quitting and, um, you know, the moment you throw in the towel, it, it's over. You're, you're going to get the DNF, right? Did not finish. Um, and it's, it's, it's really never over until you throw in that towel. So, uh, like in your case, uh, going over the bars and crashing and still have an opportunity to podium. I think a lot of times us as writers, we just get in those moments where either we're, we have the negative thought and we're thinking like, you know, this is this is this is going to blow my whole run. I mm. came, came all the way out here today. Now I'm now I'm not having a good time. And you get in that mindset. And so it's really important to to try to you know be on the other end of that mindset. Maybe that growth mindset where it's like, hey, look, this crash doesn't define me as a writer. This crash was absolutely a mistake of some kind here and I'll figure that out later but I'm still in this thing man I, I still yeah. everything's good I'm my bike's fine I'm fine let's mm. go and I yeah. love I love that idea of like defining right like that one moment doesn't have to like doesn't have to define you as a writer doesn't even have to define the next five minutes that's right you know um, I right. think you've said like be where your pedals are that's you know right. that's, that's that's a phrase that you say that I like and like you know, like in those moments, like on that, on that race run, I had to like leave that crash where it happened. Um, and, and try not to bring it with me, 
you know, obviously you're going to have some physical things like you might have a, you know, a scraped shin or something like that. And obviously if you're injured, you, you know, <laughs> no, yeah. you call it, but, but I think like you're talking about mindset, you know, I was thinking about when I broke my wrist, you know, um, I could, I don't I, I didn't show a whole bunch of that video, uh, just cause I, I wasn't really recording a whole bunch but even after i broke my wrist and i knew something was seriously wrong with my wrist um i was waiting and then like they brought the gator up this was at snow summit you know so i'm like up like about about halfway down 10 ply and they brought a a gator up to take me down and at that point i was like hey this is kind of cool who gets to ride in a well i mean we know who gets to ride in the gator. <laughs> the guys go the, the opposite direction. Like, yeah, you, like you don't, you don't want that privilege. But, right. but you know, I took it as like this is kind of cool that I get to like ride in a gator, um, and just kind of see what these things can do, like on this like crazy steep terrain. And I like just tried to keep that attitude. So even like that, I tried not to let it ruin my day. You know, um, yeah. You had said you were talking to me about like how like you could apply that kind of thing of like feeling like you've you've had some sort of failure uh, to your progression where sometimes failure isn't even like a specific distinct moment. It could be a period of time where you feel like you're just not getting any better at writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's so I'm, I'm somewhat of a of a new writer, right? So um since march my my son and i got mountain bikes we've been taking it pretty seriously um but if i go back to high school you know i've always had bikes so i i tried to go with a bunch of buddies to mammoth and on one of the runs mountain biking i went off the cliff grabbed one of those sharp rocks and and almost cut the my pinky off at the tip and oh i was goodness. like i'm like done with this sport this is bananas <laughs> <laughs> and then uh Fast forward to my professional career in, in what I do corporately uh, for my main job, uh, mm -hmm. my one of my good buddies and I went up to Monterey and he said, hey, do you have a bike? I'm really getting a mountain biking. And he took me up to this trail and, I, and I've got this old rock hopper KHS from high school. So um, the bike that I crashed on a mammoth was actually my buddy's and I had to buy it because <laughs> not only did I almost cut the tip of my finger off, I had bent the fork and it went cartwheeling down the mountain and everything. So, oh so, my goodness! Uh, <laughs> so I had this bike from the from the from the nineties, and this was about three years ago. I think three or four years ago, we went up to Monterey. Mm. And there's a Fort Ord. He found this place up there. He goes, "Let's get up and ride this thing called Pipeline." I don't know if you guys know know where that is or have been on that, but to me. You know, I've ridden the bike to go check the mail and maybe go down the street to get a burrito. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going down this crazy trail with him, and I end up at the bottom in a bed of poison oak. And, uh, you know, I'm like, this is, man, this sport's just not for me. This is crazy. I'm, I'm putting it up. I'm, you know, stitches almost lost a finger, and now I'm all itchy, and <laughs> this is, this is no, no bueno. And then, you know, fast forward to keeping the open mindset, I, I got the bike with my son and went down some trails and then just for whatever reason, everything clicked. And that was that thing that I had been missing since my old skateboarding days. Mm. And had I been in that fixed mindset where like, I'd say, you know, that's definitely not my sport. I'm not going to do it. Um, period. 
I was in that growth mindset was thinking like, I totally suck at this. And um, there was a point where it's just like, you know what? It's okay to suck at something and it's okay to learn it and it's okay to get better at it. And it's good to be real with yourself. Like, I'm going to suck at this for a little bit and that's okay. And that helps gain that momentum when you start getting these little wins and you're, you get yeah. more skills under your belt. Yeah. And I do think like, especially as a big, like as a beginner, you will, you will gain a bunch of skills really quickly. You know, uh, if, if I look at my Strava history from like the time that I wrote, like started writing, you know, within those first couple of months, there was a whole bunch of gains. And then I feel like there was definitely a period where I just kind of didn't really get any better. Um, and it felt like it, it felt kind of stagnant. And it would have been really easy, I think, to kind of like drop off from there. But like, I think you were you were saying to me at one point that like the the progression sometimes when you get to a certain point is still happening. Mm -hmm. It just isn't as obvious. That's so, right. Um, and sometimes you you won't see it, but your buddies will see it. And if they're right. if they're nice to you, they'll tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I mean, the progression it could be physical. You know, it, maybe there's something physically that you're progressing on that you don't realize. Um, and then mentally, you could be ready for the next level at at the sport, but maybe you just haven't turned that switch on. Um, yeah. One of the things that I noticed on your episodes when you were writing Snow Summit, and it was the episode that you were, you know, you had the editor Alan come in and say, hey, man, <laughs> you were bagging on Sky Park. <laughs> well, there was something that switched in your brain because yeah. you had all these skills that you got from from the other park and you brought it to Sky Park and then you unleashed it. So there was, yeah. there was something there. Do you know that moment? Did you, was it a feeling or was it, what was that? Um, so, you know, we went up, uh, I want to get back to what Steven had said, but yeah. we went up, you know, that the, the first weekend after snow summit had shut down and I rode and I was just like, it was just like rolling around, you know, it was okay. And, um, but I didn't give up on it, you know, like, cause I, I deep, you know, in the back of my mind, I knew like I had had a blast up there before, um, but I just wasn't doing it then. And I think at a certain point, um, it was, I don't actually know if I consciously did it at a certain point, like I hit a jump and I, you know, cause I'd been working on the skills and I'd been doing the drills kind of like I talked about in the skills video about like mm -hmm. sessioning something and like making, making that new idea, something just in my bones, making it how I ride. And it just happened on one of the jumps. Um, and then for, at, at that, that's when I kind of realized, so it was less mm -hmm. of a, it started from the body, you know, something that had bit that I drilled into myself. And then, and then once I felt that I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of aha moment. Like, Oh yeah, yeah. here we go. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's another, th I think it's one of the things, I think it's one of the reasons why deep down, why a lot of us love mountain biking is because it has this ability to, to teach things back to us. It has this ability to kind of reflect back on us. Um, I know like when I, when I used to surf back in the day, I had a buddy who was like very like spiritual soul surfer kind of guy. And he used to talk about like, he loved to surf, but surf was also kind of like a, a, like a status reading for him, you know, 
uh, because he was kind of putting himself out there into the elements and the way he would interact with the elements, how well he could read the ocean and how well he could react to it was kind of a, a, a nice way to check his status. And I think like mountain biking can be like that too, because you can go to the same trail on two different weekends and have, you know, 66 PSI in the front and 185 in the back and the same air pressures and this, this have everything exactly the same. And on one day, like you feel like you don't know how to ride a bike. And on the next day you feel like Aaron Gwynn, um, you know, um, and, and a lot of that is just kind of like where your mindset is at. Um, so, you know, going back to your question, I think it was just that I, it's not like I ever thought about giving up on going to Sky Park, but, you know, I just knew like one bad day or quote unquote bad day at Sky Park didn't mean that like, you know, I knew deep down that it was internal. It was my own mindset, you know, but as they say, a bad day of fishing is better than a good day at work, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. I wonder if the mindset was you were going back to Sky Park and you were just remembering how you used to ride it. And then once you got comfortable, all that Snow Summit new skill set came in. It makes me wonder. I think it was more similar to I was had learned that skill set on the on at Snow Summit. And so everything that I learned, like I, I had learned by like, you know, I had this visual connection to certain jumps to all the lines of the jumps at on blue steel to Westridge or party wave, the Westridge. So like it was like very connected to those things. Um, and like I said in the video, like I just, I like, I didn't say this specifically in the video, but I allowed the, the skills to be location based. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, didn't, I just didn't bring them with me. And then yeah. I was like, Oh, <laughs> Shoot! I left them and I saw. I got. Sorry, I got. They left it in the truck. Let me. Let me go get. <laughs> let me go skill. get it. <laughs> and so, like, once I brought them there and then started using them, um, it's so funny, you know, because I I've heard other people talk about, um, oh, the the jumps at at Snow Summit are blah blah blah, and they they blame the jumps for their for how they perform on the jumps. I feel like I get bucked a lot at Snow Summit. I feel like I get bucked a lot at Sky Park, whatever that is. But in the end, like you're the you're the active agent, you know. And yeah. I just I wasn't being the active agent, you know. And like and then like you said, I I was riding like I used to I used to ride there. And what's funny about that is like when I used to ride that way there, I had a really good time. But I by not like rising to the level that I knew I could rise to, I just wasn't having a good time. That um, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of want to uh, uh, talk about this real quick. Stephen Nelson, you know, asked us a good question here, which is, is there a plateau stage that you get to with mountain biking? Uh, like when you can't make any uh, any more gains, uh, like working out. I, I kind of want to address the working out and making more gains. I, I don't think there's not really a place you can get to where you can where you will stop making gains. But, you know, kind of like like we were talking about before, it's just that you know, it's really easy at the start to make big gains. Like if you're starting to do back squats and you've never done back squats before, and let's say you weigh 160 pounds, you're going to do a back squat and do like 95 pounds. And you're like, dang, that's almost, I mean, almost a hundred pounds. And then before you know it, you're benching, you're, uh, you're back squatting body weight, like a back squat, a, a, a me, you know? Right. And then you're like back squatting 225 pounds and you're like, Rah! and then, trying to get to 200 and 
27 pounds becomes harder and harder because now you're kind of you've you've gained so much strength but you you know like the increments of that point become smaller and smaller like at the gym at like a good gym they have like I call them PR plates, personal record plates, because they're like micro plates. You can add like a quarter pound to the barbell and be like, <laughs> ah, you know, my one rep max back squat used to be 275 pounds, but now it's 275 and a quarter pound. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, bringing that to mountain biking, right? Like once you have your foundational skills, um, <clears throat> It's it. There is a plateau period, and I f I feel like there's a, there are obstructions. There's actual real obstructions to you progressing, and some of those are gaps in those foundational skills. Um, because if you haven't done coaching or whatever, like who's taught you? Like where did you learn your skills? Like okay, GMBN, cool. Um, your buddy, who probably has a lot of gaps in their skills, unless like they've been coached. So like some coaching will kind of give you fill out those and just filling out those foundational skills um, will actually help you kind of progress more. Um, and then also, and just kind of coaching. I think that that was huge. And I, you know, one thing I, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Mark, I've been just no, it's good. Yeah. one thing that I didn't really talk about in the, the jump progression. I talked about it a little bit in the thing that kind of changed how I jump. Uh, Kevin Aiello's coaching really, really did help so you know my bike position and my bike setup did i think make a huge difference uh because what you know i didn't talk about it too much in any of the episodes but the way my bike now reacts to jumps is like so much better like it's just it's not a huge difference but it's like it's way more dependable like i always know what it's going to do off of a jump now uh yeah yeah, and he, wasn't that the episode where he was he was um, adjusting your rebound like on the trail? You're just like, yeah. wait, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not just the rebound, like everything, like everything. like way more pressure. Like I think like I we ended up like close to twenty pounds more pressure in the back. Wow, faster rebound, uh, uh, faster re faster everything in the front. Like we opened up the circuits, like re like high speed, low speed compression, high speed, low speed rebound. Like we just, just opened everything up. Wow. I'm not going to, I don't suggest anybody do that with, a, without a coach, but yeah. yeah. That was pretty cool. I love the part where he talked about, <clears throat> it was kind of like rowing your arms. Like it's like a row motion with your bars or something. Uh, when you were, cause yeah. Just pull it up. Right. Yeah. Jason Richardson. Yeah. So he didn't, um, he gave me some coaching, um, just kind of like as a buddy. Um, but he's a double, he's a former double a pro BMX racer. Wow. Um, and that guy can just, first off, he's like crazy fast. Like, like I'm, 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 I don't want to, I'm not bragging, but I, like at snow summit, I'm faster than the majority of people that ride there. The people and but then there's a whole echelon of people that are just like crazy fast. I, I look at their times and I'm like, did you even how did, did you just skip a whole third of the trail? Like how did you do that? Um, so like when I when I ride with people that I can't keep up with, I'm always just like, holy crap! Like and and not just and that's just him riding just casual. Um, 
incredible. Steve asks if is he is he a coach at Snow Summit? He's not a coach at Snow Summit. He doesn't technically coach at Snow Summit. Um, like uh, Kevin Aiello, he will like give coaching, and then basically you go and practice those skills at Snow Summit. Um, because Snow Summit, um, basically you have to be associated with Snow Summit to actually do coaching on their on their premises. So yeah, um, yeah. Have you done any coaching? Gotten any coaching or anything? No, I, I well, I, I I would like to, and I, I lately have been getting some coaching. Um, one of my friends is uh, Joe Duarte. He, I don't know if you guys would would remember back in the like early two thousands, late nineties. He was a UFC, uh, one of the UFC fighting champions. Mm -hmm. So he's also a mountain biker, and he has this incredible mindset where you know, you feel alive, you got to push yourself. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's good. So he's mm. definitely pushing me and, um, trying to teach me fundamentals on where to place my bike, my body. Um, one of the things we were working on is just going off this little gap jump. He was trying to get me to get my heels down so that when I'm actually on the transition, my feet feel more flat when I'm mm. actually jumping and pulling up. And mm -hmm. so that felt really awkward at first, but now I can see that um, that brings more confidence because I feel way more under control. Whereas sometimes I get into a weird dead sailor position and yeah. when you're in that spot, you're just like, oh God, hold on. <laughs> That's the worst. Does he, ever like, does he ever like ask you to do stuff that you feel like you just can't do? Like, Yeah. So when we did TMBDH, you know, he took me up there and he said, uh, he goes, look, I know you can do this. I, I've seen your skills. I, I know I know you can do this. I wouldn't take you up here if, if you couldn't. So that was pretty much half the battle. It was like, I got somebody who's going to believe in me and um, is going to show me you know, what lines, where to go, and what to stay away from. So I wouldn't have done that trail without, mm. without him and that coaching, that encouragement for sure. Because <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, I mean, obviously you've done it, Alan. It's, it's pretty gnarly. Yeah, it's no joke. I do think that's a huge uh, factor in like figuring out like, you know, is uh, not giving up trying new things, you know, like, you know, the, our whole kind of thing we were talking about is like, when is it, when is it too late? Like, when is it time to like, just hang it up? And a lot of the times just having good, positive people around you. Um, and I don't mean just like people that are like, you know, just shooting rainbows out their buttholes all the time, but yeah, like, send it, you got this, send it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but people that are like honest, like they really like pay attention to you and like, know, like they're supportive maybe is a better way to put it. Mm -hmm. Um, I always like, like just brutal honesty from friends, you know? Um, but you know, that, that having that support can really, can really help with that. Uh, so yeah. having good, like legit, people with you especially on the trail i think is like good because i've ridden with people who were just like no nah, dude just you you got a hundred whatever millimeters of travel just just, just yeah. and i'm like mm, nah. I know. Nice, <laughs> nice seeing you <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll catch you on the next lap <laughs> yeah exactly and that that's something too you know when we plateau sometimes maybe when we look back, maybe we're, maybe we're in a rut. Maybe we have the same routine. Maybe we're hitting the same trails and maybe we're doing it with the same people. And maybe you need to go with a group of people that are, you know, elevated up. 
it's mm-hmm. almost like that whole thing in in business you know your or when they say your your network can potentially be a forecast of your net worth you know if you right. are or or even with education if you're the smartest person in the group maybe you need to expand that group a little bit more so you can learn something and maybe when you're plateauing in this sport you need to go on a ride with somebody who's got skill levels that'll push you to the next level you know that's so true um it's funny you say that like i again i'm not bragging but like there was there was a period in my life where like i was usually one of the smarter people in the room um and while that can be good for your ego it's like it's it's bad for your brain um and i and i work in a place now where i'm regularly the dumbest guy in the room like i work with like crazy smart people crazy experienced people that just and they do awesome stuff so it always just kind of keeps me humble but also uh, it it forces me to kind of like rise not to their level but to a level above where i'm at mm-hmm. um, but obviously you you know on a mountain bike you would want to find you'd want to ride with people that are like <laughs> a little bit like just like not too you know, like there's people that i've ridden with that like i just can't you know i just i just can't right well i mean can i like is it that i can't or that i that i just so this is we were one of the things we wanted to talk about i think yeah this is good yeah yeah <clears throat> funny because we were talking about like it's easy like we were talking about how whether it's like whatever the reason and a lot of times it's age you know um saying like well i'm i'm too old to to learn to jump i can't jump like that i can't climb that hard that fast i can't do those things mm-hmm. um and i like to take the approach of i don't that's right, right. That's i right. i i don't jump like that um and that allows me to kind of take ownership of it it means that i can change it you know uh I, I remember riding with somebody once and and he he got he actually got upset about it. I don't really know why, but he was like, I can't, I can't climb as fast as you. And and he actually was like mad at me for it. And I was oh. like, <laughs> you know, and I but I but it was the kind of thing where it was like, you know, if I looked at this person, like they didn't eat very well, they didn't train, they didn't do anything to get better at climbing. Now that's their prerogative. But I'm like, you know, if, if you tell me you can't climb like me, well, if, if you don't do what I did, you're not going to be able to, if you didn't do what I did for the last two years, you're not going to be able to do what I'm doing now. Right. So it's like, he, it's not that he couldn't climb like me. Yeah. He just didn't, you know, and, and, but if it's not important to him, and I think that's kind of the thing, like just own it. Like mm-hmm. if maybe you don't want to jump, right. Um, so I would say like, instead of saying I can't jump like that person, just say, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I mean, owning it, like I don't, and then you can even put the dot, dot, dot now. I don't mm-hmm. yet. I, I don't today. You know, right. How, however it is, but the word, you know, instead of I can't, mm-hmm. um, that growth mindset, I mean, I, it's, uh, Les Brown says it really well. He says the, the richest place in the world is the graveyard and that's just because people take ideas and skills and things that they could have unlocked when they were here and and they die with those things you know Mm. Um, can you imagine the person who obviously invented the iphone we all know who that is 
mm-hmm. um, if, if that idea never just got out there? Or is it, is it Roger Bannister? Am I getting that right? Um, he was the first person to run under the four-minute mile, right? Mm. And then once he broke that record, I mean, for years, people were trying to run that fast. And once he broke that record, shortly after, a lot of other people started breaking it as well. Exactly. So, so yeah, that mindset's a it's a, it's a big one. It's a big one. So yeah, yeah. Don't versus can't. Right. Don't huge. versus can't. I think like, and and it doesn't necessarily like. I don't like to like again. I don't. I'm not always. I'm not trying to like blow rainbows out my butt. I just am thinking like, if you if you're not interested in doing something, if you're not interested in like, let's say you're not interested in like throwing a big whip on a jump. If it's not that important to you, it's, it's okay. Own it. Um, and be good with that. You know, you don't have to, you know, you can, you know, I, I think it's easy for a lot of us to like go into this thing, come into this thing and be like, you know, I need to, I need to, be at the level that other people are at. Otherwise I get judged, you know, like we're out there on bikes. We're out there having fun on bikes. Um, I know for me, like I, that progression is part of my, my joy. Like, like we were talking about before, like when I was able to start hitting jumps better with more confidence, I just get joy out of that you know, being able to do something that I couldn't do before, uh, do a feature that like used to scare the heck out of me that I used to think I couldn't do. Um, and then suddenly I'm doing it. And then suddenly it's like, Oh, it's just part of what I do. I love that. I love that. You know, around that, I heard this cool quote, uh, today. (laughs) I can't climb up because (laughs) I love burritos. I do too. I do too. (laughs) Come on. Burritos are fuel, man. That's right. That's yeah, right. Just don't eat them right before you go. <laughs> it's fuel, man. I don't get off the ground well today. What the heck? <laughs> burritos too are much, in there. <laughs> too much ballast. <laughs> uh, Sorry, you were going to say? Uh, no, I was, I was riding with a buddy today, and he said this quote that was like, man, I got to remember that. Um, it, there was this feature in Slaughterhouse. It's this crazy bridge on this oak tree that had fallen over and they built this bridge that goes up and over and at Mm. the very high part if you fall off on one side it's poison oak if you fall back on the side that you entered in it's a big drop and it's a skinny that they made and it's all at a weird like it goes up like a ramp but then it kind of twists towards the Mm. top and then it plateaus out and it twists again to come off and I showed my buddy this is that crazy bridge the first time we went the second time he hit it and cleaned it. And I said, man, what, what was that? That was amazing. And he said, you know, the quote that I always remember is, the longer it takes, the bigger it gets. I just had to get that done with. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's so true. That's yeah. so true. That was 650B for me. Years. I like rode by that thing for years. Is that the tombstone, Alan? No, 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 no. The the uh, the tombstone wasn't. Yeah, ended up not being that big of a deal. The the 650B is that like wood ramp at the at the top of Party uh, Wave. Okay. You know, I had just let it. Yeah, I just rode by it so many times. And what's funny is like I look back, like I've I've stood there just by it, like watching people go over it, and there were so many people that like just kind of like 
barely like rolled over it, like land on the backside of the of the knuckle, like wow, like it's nothing, you know. But like I had just kind of like so worked it up in my brain, you know. I think got to come clean with you. The the truth, you know, part of it is I didn't want to be one of the people that just like, right? Oh, like it was like, it, yeah. yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to hit it. Like I wanted to like legit hit it the first time. Um, and, and, you know, I let my ego kind of get in the way of that. Mm. And it wasn't until I was finally like, dude, just case it, just case yeah. the crap out of it. And yeah. just get, get over it. Like, you know, that video is actually called get over it. But for me, the meaning, like I, I never said this in the video, but for me, that real meaning of that was like, get over it. Like get over needing to look cool going wow. over 650 B. Wow. You know, that's because awesome. when I hit the, you know, you brought up the tombstone, you know, when I hit the tombstone, uh, on muscle beach at, at muscle beach, there's always people there like videoing and hanging out and there's like people that like just are freaking rad on those jumps. And I had, and I like had to swallow my pride. It wasn't hard because I'd like kind of already experienced the benefits of being humble and just like, just doing it, like just do it terrible first, do it crappy first and then do it better suck first. And then like, and then you'll be, and then you can get better. So like the first time over the tombstone was like, terrible i didn't just case it i didn't just case it i was just like i was just like Burr. i did all the things <laughs> like those five tips. you know those five tips i i did zero of the five <laughs> tips. I like looked down i i just did everything wrong and just then i but i like did it you know i did it in a way that i knew i could do safely and then after that it was good wow you know? it's amazing when like you know ego thoughts um fear that's the big mm -hmm. one, man. How do you turn that fear into fuel? And at what mm -hmm. point do you lock it in and be committed, you know, to the point where you know you can bail out? So yeah. that's such a balancing act. I feel like in this sport, it's uh, it's you're constantly like uh, like we were saying, you know, you're going down the hill, just don't die, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go fast, don't die. Yeah, exactly. But you uh, know kind of talking about that thing about like, it, you know, like the longer you wait, the bigger it gets, mm -hmm. you know, I think there is a point where it can, it, it can possibly end up being too late, you know, uh, like you can let things get so big that like, you just, you may never be able to overcome them. Do you think that's a thing or do you think that you always have a chance? I mean, I think you always have a chance, you know, but I, mm -hmm. I agree with you that, that you can get to a point where you, you lock it up in the brain and you say, hey, that thing is just never going to be able to do that. That is just crazy. But if you're lucky and, you're, and you realize that you're probably somewhere else doing another trail and you can clear things that are similar, they're just not mm -hmm. at that location and they're not called that same feature. <laughs> you know? That's a good and, point. And then uh, and maybe some buddies that could really say, hey, man, I've seen you do this and I know you can do that. And then make it a point to get in there. So there's always a chance. There's always a chance. Dude, there's so I I live near Holdercrooks, which is in Loma Linda, and there are jumps there with gaps that are like literally like that wide. Like wow. they're like they're like tiny little gaps, maybe that are wider than that. They're like a bike length. And I've done like 
big jumps to like I've done like big jumps at Snow Summit. They're just like tables. They're just not gaps. But like a bike length gap, I like I'm too scared to hit still. Is that stupid? No, man. That's that's I mean, that's where it's at. You know you can do it. You you can yeah. clear the distance, but the fear of the outcome is is what's what what's holds a lot of us back yeah. from doing it, you know. I, I do think I agree that like comparing can really help there. Like you're saying, like, you know, you've hit that other feature. Mm -hmm. um, I think another thing in the mindset that can really help with that. And I think this can also keep you from thinking it's too late that you you'll never be able to do it is to start imagining yourself on the other side of it. You know, like start imagining yourself. And, and I've been I've been doing this for gaps now is like starting to just imagine myself landing the gap like on totally smooth landing on the other side of the gap and how what's the emotional payoff there like how will i feel doing that you know um and how stoked will i be and yeah. and the more i kind of put my head in that space the 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 less the fear is right yeah because i'm not i'm not caught up with the fear of like of you know right landing down in there that's what i did with 650b too and it's true. I mean, there's so many books out there and you've heard a lot of athletes, professional athletes, they say, if you can visualize yourself, the brain doesn't realize the difference between actually visualizing it and doing it, you know, because mm. you can still get the same feelings from doing it and that the visualization is, is a big um, self-reflection to accomplish something. Mm -hmm. So there's actually, uh, I see that the Trail Dogs MTV are on right now. And um, one of the things that I took from him is uh, one of the writers, his name is Aaron, and he said before one of his runs, he said, um, stay, stay calm, wait, ride fast, stay calm, ride confident. Mm -hmm. And I actually use that now when I'm dropping into something where I'm either going to try to jump something for the first time or if I'm going to try to go after a PR, I tell mm -hmm. myself, you know, stay calm, stay fast, stay smooth, stay confident. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that just kind of shifts my brain into, here we go, because I want to, what I want to do is I want to lock myself into that committed mode as quick mm -hmm. as possible. I don't want to be in that area where I'm approaching the feature and my brain's still not there yet. Like, oh, you can right. still bail out, you know, and then you end up in that weird in-between. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be working a mental abacus on your way into a feature. Like, yes. you, you like, yeah. I actually, my approach is to kind of clear my brain. Um, you know, it, it's actually kind of, we were talking about like what happened at Sky Park right and and i was and and that thing just that moment just happened where i started doing riding the way i had like i had learned to ride at snow summit and and i and i think like that's kind of what i'm a lot of times what i do is is let the training take over you know um i i, I kind of learned that the, the the first time i did a race you know uh it's just like just shut it down and just like go like Obviously, you're not like not thinking. It's just like you're like letting go of of overthinking. You know, it's like yeah. a different level of thinking. Maybe is is a way to a way to put it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, what about age? Like you're like we're kind of around the same age. We're like yeah. old dudes. And yeah. You just do something. Like, what's up with that? Like. <laughs> Oh, actually, before we go any further, there was somebody who I really wanted to bring up. Oh, um, okay. This is going to take me a second. Sorry. 
yeah. So tell, tell me, like, while I look this up, like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, when is when is it when too is, old? Yeah, I don't, man. I don't think it's. I don't think it's ever too old if your if your body's working, and and you have fun doing it. You know, you're, uh -huh. you're going to be able to go. So I'm 46, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm quote unquote too old to do a lot of things, but I never I never let me I never let that hold me back. I was going down um, as an example. I was going down um, distortion at Greer Ranch, mm -hmm. and you know I was having a good time, and I was by myself, and I'm going down the trail, and you know I'm I'm, I'm going really fast this time. I think I'm going to make a really good time, and then I hear a voice behind me like Ryder, and <laughs> I, <laughs> it's like what? So I pull over, and then. Four riders come blasting past me like I was standing still, just mm -hmm. real fast. And, and you can tell there was a ton of skill set there. Well, I finally kick out at the bottom at the Jeep at the Jeep Road. The four riders were all gray hair. They probably were in their mid sixties. Mm -hmm. And they were there was two guys and, and two ladies, and they were high fiving, like, we were blasting down that trail. Yeah, we passed that guy towards the bottom. That was awesome. That was epic. And it's just you know, there's always a new level. There's always another level that's humbling and yeah. it's never too late. You know, it's just never too late. Yeah. Although they were probably like old, like time, like OG riders. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the master's class at some of those races, like there's some freaking gnarly, like older uh, dudes and ladies that like just kill it. Oh, but, man, um, I, I bet, I bet I, it could easily have been them. I mean, they had, they had these electric Santa Cruz bikes that were, I don't know, what are those 10,000 a piece? And they all had those. So. Yeah, they, they can be, it can be expensive. Let me share this real quick. Um, so this might not be like a lot of you are not necessarily going to be into this sort of thing, but this person, um, which kind of, I just kind of came across uh, this lady. It's like two wheel seniors and she, <laughs> she's like a senior citizen and she's like, she goes and rides this trail. I don't even know where she's at. She's in St. Louis, St. Louis County, right? Wow. Um, and she's like, basically just like goes and like rides down no this trail. Way. That's her cam? Yeah, that's her like GoPro cam. That is but, awesome. But she says this thing. I think I commented. She said this thing, um, despite the suggestions of age, like, like getting out there despite the suggestions of age or like what, what people think of when they think about like old people and what old people can and can't do. And I just thought like, like I, I, um, not on this channel, but like on my MTB Allen channel, I actually subscribed to her just cause like, I think that like, it's just cool that she's out there like showing that you can kind of like get out there at any age. Yeah. Um, and, and enjoy being on the bike awesome. in the dirt. And I just think that's cool. That's so cool. That thanks for showing me. I'll I'll subscribe to her too. That's that's really inspiring. Yeah, and uh, you know she's she's an old lady, and she she talks like an old lady, and she rides like an old lady. But I think the fact that like she's out there like doing it is like is like really cool. That's super so. There's cool. it, it's it's definitely never it's never too late. Um, that's right. Yeah, I mean, and I think even if you're Go ahead. Oh, I was just thinking the older we get, you know, it's it's never too late to, to decide what kind of style and, and how hard we go as long mm -hmm. as we still get the stoke, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have to send it when we're older, older. I mean, we can if we want, but that's what's beautiful about it, you know? We get to decide. 
Yeah. Uh, here's a statement from Vegas Mike, uh, which is hesitation leads to more crashes than more more times than not. And I yeah. totally agree with that. Um, I don't ever like to say that the the bike will handle it. Um, but yeah, like I, I think a lot of the crashes that I've seen is like somebody trying to avoid something, you know, um, whether it's on the brakes or trying to turn out of it or or not not being committed going into it, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, 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 Trail Dogs MTB said that too, that not being 100% committed increases the chance of failure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Stephen Nelson there, one right below it, uh, true trail, that is how I broke my arm. I wasn't committed to a jump, backed out beyond the point of no return. Mm -hmm. Didn't go good. Hard lesson. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think if I ever got like seriously injured, like trying to back out of something. Um, yeah, I don't think so. It's usually just because <laughs> I just went too crazy. <laughs> it's funny though. I was, uh, you know, kind of, kind of going back to my Strava history. I noticed. So, okay. Again, June, 2016, right? That was the first Strava ride. Wow. And if I look at September of 2016, first ride after dislocated, finger <laughs> oh do you so like do you remember that was that on the bike yeah like it says like like, like this ride from from september of 2016 wow. right three months like less than three months actually because i guess like I, I it happened at like in august so two months after i started riding i dislocated a finger Dang. Um, but still got back on uh, and that's actually, that was actually probably, a, that was a crash actually from like hesitating um, because I, I, it was a trail where it was actually a, a off menu trail up at Big Bear and you kind of were, it was all like legit single track and there's just like basically like a, a, a little log drop. Um, it was like, it's probably like maybe a foot. I don't even know because, you know, this was back in when I was just starting mm -hmm. and I saw it and I like hit my brakes and it ended up causing me to slide off the side of the log, oh. uh, and that's and that's how I dislocated my finger. Jeez. But, but I think like if you're, I think honestly, if you're putting yourself into the position where you're, a lot of times I think when we're putting ourselves into positions where we are hesitating on the trail, we've a lot of times maybe gotten in over our heads at that point. Mm. Um, maybe, uh, uh, yeah. You can't always tell if you're riding blind, but you know when you're riding blind, you kind of have to take it a little bit easy. But dial it back. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, man, you got any uh, any any last words to talk about mindset? We had a whole bunch of notes, but we didn't really yeah. get. No, I mean, gosh, you know, we definitely the the one percent. Um, you know, that's something we could plug back into when we feel like we're plateauing. Mm -hmm. um, you know. Progression doesn't always have to be like a huge thing. Mm -hmm. um, it could be a 1% thing. And, it, and, it, and maybe you don't see it happening, but you could always strive to be that 1%. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gas myself up this, this mountain today and mm -hmm. um, get stronger at the climb. I'm going to work on you know, technique or, or body position with something. So it doesn't always have to be huge. So maybe for me... I need to redefine when I feel like if I'm getting into a plateau, like I need to redefine 
what plateau might mean to me. And maybe it's, yeah, I'm plateauing jumping, you know, right now, but I'm working on other things. It's going to help me become a different jumper, a better jumper down the line. Yeah, that's, that's, that's well put. Um, there was something you said actually that, that, that triggered something else in me, but now I forgot what it was. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> what did you, what were you saying about, uh, the, you're sorry. No. I forgot. So the 1%, 1% growth, you know, it's, uh, a little bit better each day, a little bit better. Um, oh, that's what it was redefining stuff. Right. Cause like I was thinking about how there's times when I'll go to, I'll go to a, a place to ride and I, and I have, I come in with a certain sort of expectation. Mm -hmm. um, and that expectation is essentially my definition of what a successful day on the trail is going to look like, you know, but as we all know, in mountain biking, things can change, you know, you can crash, you can, something can go wrong with your bike. The trail conditions might be different. The number of people on the trail might be more than you thought, whatever your buddy might not show. There's all these things that can change. Mm -hmm. And so I think uh, for me, what has helped is to kind of redefine what a good, uh, either redefine or make it really flexible, that definition of what it is to have a good day on the trail. Yeah. Yeah. And be, be willing to do that, you know, because I think we get caught up in this thing is like, I don't want to compromise, right? Because compromising is like bad. But I think like if you, but we also really don't want to be dick, like we don't want to have our lives dictated to us, right? right? Right. Thing is, is if you don't compromise, a lot of the times you're letting your past self dictate your present moment. Um, and that can suck. Like if you expected to have the trails to yourself, but there's 200 people there, like, <laughs> you're, yeah. like you're not going to get that. That's not going to happen. You can't get rid of the 200 people. So how are you going to like, how are you going to redefine? How are you going to compromise and redefine your success and still have a good day on the bike? Yeah. No, that's it's, never, it's, it's never too late to have a good day. That's right. Um, it's actually, there was a, a saying that I did want to say that I, I, I told myself I was going to say this before we ended. And, um, and, I, and I wish I could remember the author of this, but the saying is, every choice is a chance. Mm. Right? Every moment that you're making, every chance, every time you make a choice, it, it's a chance to turn things around. You know? Um, so, like, Yeah. You always like you always have a moment where you can you can change course, you can you can turn things around. I love that. I love that. And it's so true. It's so true. You know, I, who were we? It was Katie and is it Preston, right? Is that mm -hmm. when we were at yeah. Sky Park? Mm -hmm. It was a little bit more crowded that day, I think, because um, mm -hmm. uh, Summit was closed. And he yeah. said something that was really cool. We were all trying to figure out which which run we we're going to go down. And, you know, we turned to him and he said, hey, man. I just am so grateful to be on the bike out pedaling around, you know, it was just like, that was it. Mm -hmm. Everything else is gravy. So hundred percent. Oh, it's easy awesome. to get jaded, right? Like, and he, cause he had just come back from a wrist injury. So he, yeah. he had like just gotten back on the bike. So yeah. And I, it was, it was kind of cool to have him around to kind of remind us that like, Hey, Hey, you know, we were getting, we get to be on bikes. Yes. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, and I, like I love that too. The get to versus have to. Like, I have to go down this thing. Well, 
you know, well, it's crowded and you're not going to be able to go down very far before you catch somebody. And then when you change that to, hey, I get to do this, it's mm-hmm. that it's that appreciation and that, that sense of being grateful, you know, it can completely change the way you think about things and then it can completely change the rest of your day. Yeah. I know we're like going over, but that, like what you're saying there, like I so connect to that because I used to be like, I had to wait, like, like people would go down in front of me and I could tell they were like, you know, they just didn't ride at the same pace that I rode at. And I would see them and I'd be like, okay, I need to give, I I need to wait because I don't want to catch up to them. I don't, I want to ride the trail at my speed. I ride this fast and I need, I need the trail clear. And like, eventually I'm like, okay, but that, that ends up meaning like we got to wait up here. And then you never know because like another whole group can go by. So eventually I was just like, (laughs) it's fine. Like what, there's nothing wrong with like catching up with somebody. Like, so you ride behind somebody else for a little while. Like what's wrong with that? Um, And if, and if they want to get over, they can get over and let you pass. It's fine. And if they don't, that's fine too because you're you're riding bikes yeah um so like that actually has yeah that's it's it's funny you say that and i I didn't really recognize that until you said that 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 i have been a lot less needy in that regard yeah it's cool huh when you can change that mindset and and then you're you know you're still having a good time one of the trails i was trying to follow you down i caught up to another rider and at some point he had gotten on arrow when we were going down it, I'm not sure where. And I thought, Hey, I caught up to Alan and, and it wasn't you, <laughs> you were flying <laughs> down there so fast. And, um, you know, I got stuck behind that rider, but, um, yeah, I just flipped it to, Hey, we're going to have fun. And him and I were hooting and hollering down the mountain and, <laughs> and hitting features together, you know, at his pace. And, and that mm-hmm. was fun. And, and I yeah. caught you down there and I thought, well, we get to go back up and hopefully I can yeah. hang with Alan on the next one. But, you're pretty fast, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've been riding a little while. I have to say, I think being able to hit jumps better and not be t- like so dependent on speed to clear stuff has also really changed my attitude on that. Um, and uh, I again, I'm not saying that I'm an amazing rider or anything like that. I'm still like a slightly better than average rider, but I'm starting to understand where like people that I've ridden with that are just like levels ahead of me like why they are so chilled out about these things because a a highly skilled rider needs less to have a good run wow does that make sense yeah you know they can they have a lot more skills in the bag they could do it at any speed yeah yeah like when i was like i was riding with kevin aiello right and if you don't uh, we talked about him before but um if you don't know, this guy used to race UCI DH like at a very high level. And if you've ever been around any of those types of riders, we have no comprehension of how freaking fast those people can ride. And this guy's riding with me for for coaching, you know, riding behind me the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but when I saw what he was doing, he was like jibbing off of everything like any chance he had, like if there was just a little rock on the side of the trail. And then when I followed him, you know, he was going slow so that he could get some like lead cam. I was like, I didn't, he was, he was off the trail like half the time. Wow. <laughs> he had so much skill. He could just like ride up that log and go over there and whatever. And it was just like, he didn't need to go like super fast to like, just have a 
blast on the trail, you know, and any little anything. He didn't even need a jump, like a little whatever he could like get air off of. Awesome. So yeah, I That's think. Awesome. Yeah. Anyway, cool. All right. Well, I think this is a, a good place to wrap this up. Yeah. Sure, Alan. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me, man. This has been awesome, and so many, good to have so many folks are always commenting on here. You guys, you have such such wonderful uh, folks that that are a part of this. Yeah, all good people. I kick out all the bad people. I don't, I don't <laughs> you know, when you guys hit subscribe button, I actually get to approve or, or deny you as a subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> <not> a thing. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, let's um, let's uh, shut it down. Yeah. Um, thanks everybody for showing up, and um, I hope you dug this. Go ahead and uh, I don't know if can you hit a like button. I don't know. Test it out. See if you can hit the like button um and stuff like that uh check out mark's the segment he's got good stuff going on over there and uh, and i guess we'll see you see you all in a couple of weeks yeah that's right never too late everyone never too late bye everybody see you guys